Hey folks, attorney Andrew Branca here from Law and Self-Defense, delivering some Law and Self-Defense content from the United Lounge at Dallas Airport. Uh, sorry if there's background noise, but I thought I'd knock this out while I'm waiting for my plane, uh, for my flight back to Denver for Thanksgiving today. And I wanted to share with you a um, editorial that was written about Kyle's Law by a Democrat representative out of New Hampshire. Uh, Kyle's Law um, is only a few days old, uh, but she's apparently sufficiently horrified by the prospect that prosecutors might be held accountable that she felt obliged to write an editorial about it. Uh, so I won't go through her all, whole editorial, but I will touch upon some of the high points. And it certainly elicited a chuckle uh, when this editorial came across my newsfeed. Apparently, the left is already panicking about my proposed Kyle's Law, even though the proposed law is... <laughs> It's a bit extravagant for a single-page notion hosted on the website of a small-town lawyer in Colorado. But if you're unfamiliar with Kyle's Law, you can learn more about joining the rapidly expanding Kyle's Law community uh, by pointing your browser to lawofselfdefense.com slash Kyle's Law, no apostrophes. We're not asking for any money or anything like that. We're just asking for uh, people to join the community so we can help grow it. Um, but it seems a New Hampshire state representative is in a bit of a twist over my Kyle's Law proposal. Catherine Rogers of Concord, New Hampshire, represents the Merrimack District 28 in the New Hampshire House of Representatives. And yes, she's a Democrat, uh, although she doesn't credit the Kyle's Law proposal to me. Um, the details she discusses are, to my knowledge, found only in my proposal. At least I've, I've seen no other proposal prior to mine that had these kinds of details. Um, and I will link in the text version of today's content, uh, her entire editorial. So you can read the whole thing, but here I'll just hit the high point. So representative Rogers writes, quote, some in New Hampshire are pushing to pass Kyle's law. This wolf in sheep's clothing is being offered as a way to prevent politically motivated prosecutions of defendants claiming self-defense in gun related incidents, close quote. Uh, by the way, I would apply this to all self-defense is nothing particularly unusual uh, with regards to gun-related instances. If you uh, defend yourself with a knife, Kyle's Law applies there as well. But in any case, good heavens, no, we can't have a wolf in sheep's clothing. <laughs> good thing I have a gun, I guess. She goes on, quote, if this proposal were to become law in New Hampshire, it would effectively ensure that anyone claiming self-defense will have a protective barrier around them against anyone questioning whether, in fact, the claim is valid, close quote. Well, heaven forbid we have protective barriers, you mean like self-defense itself, or the rule of law. Kyle's law would not prevent anybody from questioning anyone about any use of force event. Indeed, I would encourage prosecutors to investigate any use of force event, especially those involving deadly force of any type, very carefully, very thoroughly. All Kyle's law says is that before a prosecutor drags a person with an arguable claim of self-defense into a trial, where they'll be subject to disprove All Kyle's law says is that before a prosecutor drags a person with an arguable claim of self-defense into a trial where the prosecutor will be required to disprove self-defense beyond any reasonable doubt, that the prosecutor ought first be confident that they can at least show disproof of self-defense by at least a preponderance of the evidence. Any prosecutor not confident that he has 51% proof in hand has no business dragging someone into a costly and dangerous trial where the standard for guilt is more like 90%. That's rather the whole point of Kyle's Law. 
Catherine continues, quote, Kyle's law would require the jury instruction on self-defense include a special question to the jury. If you, the jury, are acquitting this defendant on the grounds of self-defense, do you also find the prosecution failed to disprove self-defense by a majority of the evidence? Close quote. Well, she finally got something right. Great. Nice going, Catherine. Next, quote, if the jury answers this in the positive, the defendant is entitled to compensation not only from the state, but also from the prosecutor personally. Additionally, the charging police officer will be held accountable as well. Close quote. Well, honest charging officers have nothing to worry about. The ones lying on criminal complaints that unjustly drag innocent people into trials that can easily cost hundreds of thousands of dollars and carry at least a 10% chance of conviction, no matter how innocent they may actually be? Well, yeah. But shouldn't charging officers who swear false complaints with such outcomes be made to feel worried? More of Catherine, quote, this is wrong for New Hampshire and throws the idea of law and order on its head. Here are reasons why Kyle's law should be rejected, close quote. Okay, great. Let's hear this uh, genius opposing argument. Quote, one, what qualifies any jury to make a judgment on the performance of the prosecutor and whether it's a politically motivated case? How does this get decided? Close quote. Well, apparently Karen, sorry, Catherine is struggling cognitively with these pretty simple concepts. As she already noted, the special jury form proposed doesn't ask the jury to determine whether a prosecution was politically motivated. It merely asks whether the prosecutor, who has been telling a court through an entire trial that he can reasonably expect to prove the self-defense defendant guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, failed to even show proof by a mere preponderance of the evidence. As to who decides whether one side in a trial has met a burden of proof by a preponderance of the evidence, that's the job of the jury in every civil case in America, an assessment that civil juries are expected to carry out and do carry out many thousands of times a day all across America. Catherine continues, quote, a prosecutor is acting in good faith within the scope of the authority they possess based on evidence, case law, and precedents, close quote. Well, as Judge Bruce Schroeder shouted at Prosecutor T. Claire Binger in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, I don't believe you. If people really believe that prosecutors were acting in good faith, we wouldn't see this tremendous energy and support behind Kyle's law. Further, no prosecutor actually acting in good faith would ever be subject to Kyle's law. All they have to do is not drag a self-defense defendant into a destructive and dangerous trial unless they start that trial confident that they have at least 51% proof against the self-defense. That's what we used to call in the old days probable cause, and it's what's required for a mere arrest. Surely the standard for a full-blown trial should be no less. Quote, adding personal liability to their performance, meaning prosecutors' performance, would mean prosecutors won't proceed in any case against a person who could claim self-defense, close quote. Well, no, Catherine. It means they can proceed against every person claiming self-defense where the prosecutor has probable cause to begin that trial. If probable cause can be demonstrated, Kyle's law is off the table. Nothing to fear there. Any prosecutor afraid of Kyle's law is afraid only because they are bringing self-defense defendants to trial in the absence of probable cause. And yes, those prosecutors should be held accountable, exactly as Kyle's law proposes. Catherine continues, quote, 
This litmus test would be unlike anything else in our criminal justice system and open a wide door for abuse, close quote. Well, actually, probable cause is a standard threshold in the criminal justice system. Indeed, it's what's required even for a mere arrest. Shouldn't the threshold for compelling a self-defense defendant into a multi-hundred-thousand-dollar trial and the risk of life imprisonment be at least as high as the threshold for a mere arrest? And the wide for abuse is the privilege currently exercised by politically motivated prosecutors to expose self-defense defendants to the costs and risks of a trial in the absence of probable cause. Catherine continues, point number two. This would only expand the use of the self-defense defense to include almost every case in which someone feels threatened. Self-defense claims will skyrocket as defendants see the legal loophole for getting away with criminal activity, close quote. Well, that's amazing. Catherine wants people to not be able to claim self-defense too much. Just white people, Catherine? Or does she want the ability of black victims of criminal predation to have less privilege to defend themselves too? What about women targeted by rapists? Don't want them to claim self-defense after they win that fight just because they felt threatened, do we, Catherine? One wonders exactly who Catherine thinks is supposed to feel comfortable claiming self-defense, if not people who used force defensively while they were being threatened. Here's Catherine's point three, quote, this effectively legalizes vigilante justice. Law enforcement is not a private right. Our state must offer public safety in the form of state or local police forces, close quote. Well, if Catherine is equating self-defense with vigilantism and she wants to do away with vigilantism, well, that means she wants to do away with self-defense, folks. In case you had any doubt about what Democrats would like to do to the legal defense of self-defense, there's Catherine. After all, who needs self-defense when we have the state and local police forces to protect us, right? Like the state and local police forces protected George Zimmerman from Trayvon Martin's attack or Kyle Rittenhouse from the attack of a serial child rapist or the entire city of Kenosha from a looting, rioting, burning horde or like the state and local police forces protected the 1.3 million Americans who were victims of violent crime in the United States alone last year. Oh, wait. Those 1.3 million Americans were actual crime victims. So the state and local police forces apparently are unable to actually prevent violent crime. Who knew? Guess those people should not have a privilege to defend themselves then, huh, Catherine? She continues, quote, while every citizen has the right to self-defense, we do not have the right to put ourselves in positions of danger every chance we get and to invite others to attack us for no reason, close quote. Well, of course, this is just emoting Nobody actually puts themselves in positions of danger every chance they get. And anybody inviting, provoking an attack is a defendant. A prosecutor will have no difficulty convicting on the legal merits. Here's Catherine's point four. Quote, combined with stand your ground, that boogeyman, and concealed carry laws. Oh, the horror. Kyle's law will only add to the idea that we are a less civilized government than a self-policing, shoot-em-up tribal anarchy that lives day-to-day by the rule of survival of the fittest. We make our society far less safe this way, close quote. Well, I would suggest that the dangers of anarchy aren't going to be the eventual consequence of Kyle's law, but rather that Kyle's law is a response to the unjust treatment of lawful defenders compelled to deal with the actual anarchy already being visited upon otherwise safe communities by the political left and their policies. Catherine continues, quote, 
Isn't it time to pass reasonable gun violence prevention statutes and stop coming up with dangerous alternatives like Kyle's Law? Close quote. Well, someone should let Catherine know that guns don't self-animate and commit acts of violence any more than Ford Escapes do. Bad people do that. The bad people that attack the self-defense defenders, too often followed by bad prosecutors who then attack a second time with unjust prosecutions in which the trial process itself is used as a tool of punishment despite the apparent innocence of the defendant. That's why Kyle's law is so necessary. Catherine continues, quote, life is not a video game. You only get one life. Our laws should reflect that reality. Indeed, and that one life should neither be stolen by a criminal predator nor destroyed by an unjust prosecution. So I guess that's finally something that Catherine and I can agree on. I look forward to her future support of Kyle's law in New Hampshire, the live free or die state. Remember, folks, you can learn more about Kyle's Law and join the rapidly expanding Kyle's Law community by pointing your browser to lawofselfdefense.com slash Kyle's Law. And with that, remember, if you carry a gun so you're hard to kill, that's why I carry a gun, so I'm hard to kill, my family is hard to kill, then you also owe it to yourself and your family to make sure you know the law so you're hard to convict. Until next time, I remain Attorney Andrew Branker for Law of Self-Defense.